Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. John chapter 17. <clears throat> John's chapter 17. Now, we're going to be talking about uh, the, the prayers. We've been talking about the prayers of Jesus Christ, and uh, this prayer is the farewell prayer of Jesus Christ. Uh, so this is the final prayer that Jesus prays um, with his disciples. Okay, so in fact, they're in your notes. This prayer occupies, uh, reveals what occupied the Lord's heart and his mind during his final discourse with his disciples just prior to his passion, okay? So actually in John chapter, these uh, chapters of John beginning in about John chapter 14, 15, 16, this, this is Jesus' final discourse with his disciples. Remember in the upper room, right after this prayer, in fact, is when they leave the upper room, they go out to the Garden of Gethsemane. Now we're going to be talking about Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane. Uh, but how many knows what the disciples were doing while Jesus was praying in Gethsemane? They were sleeping. They were snoozing, right? And so this is the final prayer that Jesus prays with his disciples before uh, his passion. So as such, it represents um, what, was, what was on Jesus' heart, what was in his heart, what was on his mind, uh, the last night that he spent with his disciples prior to his, prior to his passion. So how many knows if this is the final prayer that he prayed, uh, then, it, then it represents what was his, his most important thoughts that he had concerning his disciples. It, was, it represents his, the most pressing concerns that he had on his mind prior to his, his passion. Just before a big event, uh, before you're going to, to the doctor or before you're going on vacation, how I many is you're, you're rehearsing in your mind all of the important things. You're making sure, have I done this? Have I taken care of that? Have I, have I paid the house payment? Have I taken care of the pets? Have I, all, all of the important things, you're rehearsing them, you're going through on your mind, making sure, checking those things off. So um, Jesus, his last night with his disciples was on his mind, and what's in his heart are the most important things that he's thinking about. It's what's occupying his thoughts and his intentions uh, on this, this final night with his disciples. Okay, so we're going to read this. And it's a long prayer. It's by far, it is the longest prayer that Jesus, that we have of Jesus in the Gospels. Okay, so it's a, but we're going to read the entire thing, the entire chapter. Uh, because it's all one prayer of Jesus Christ. And then I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, what Jesus prayed about in this prayer. Okay, so John chapter 17. In your Bibles, it might be called the high priestly prayer. Uh, I'm calling it his, his farewell prayer uh, with his disciples. Okay, John chapter 17, beginning in verse number 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, again, this, what he had spoken was his last discourse, his final instructions to his disciples and when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you 
since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Verse 6, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your words. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know, <coughs> and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those that you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, that, and, <clears throat> and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your words. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their words, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I have made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So again... It's a long prayer. It's difficult to categorize everything that Jesus prayed in this prayer. But what I want to do is I want to try to 
categorize what Jesus prayed about in this farewell prayer, this final prayer after his final discourse with his disciples. I want to try to categorize it uh, in three things. Three things that Jesus prayed for in this uh, final prayer. So let me give those to you, one, two, and three, then I'm going to come back and we'll fill in the blanks underneath each one of these three things, okay? Number one, first thing that he prayed for was the priority of the gospel. The priority of the gospel. How many knows the gospel is the most important thing? Amen? So Jesus prayed about the priority of the gospel. Number two, he prayed for the perseverance of the disciples. That they would persevere, that they would endure, that God would protect them, that God would watch over them while they were in the world. And then number three, he, he prayed also for the progress of the kingdom progress the success the progress of the kingdom of god these are roughly the three areas the three themes that jesus is praying about in this passage and as such like i said it this prayer reveals the three most important things that were on his mind in his heart while he's praying this final prayer with his disciples and so they revealed the three things that we ought to be praying about as well, amen? And so in just a few moments, we're gonna to come to the altar and we're gonna pray for the church and we're gonna pray for these things that Jesus Christ prayed for. But first, let's talk about each one of them in, in turn. First of all, the priority of the gospel. Now, did you notice that Jesus says here in this prayer something similar that we talked about last week? He says, the hour has come. What is he talking about? He's talking about his passion. His, his crucifixion. And so in this moment, Jesus is, is talking about this is the reason that he has come is to give his life as a ransom for many people, to give his life as a sacrifice for the sins of many. And so Jesus has come to the point, at, at the point of the completion of his mission. He has come to fulfill the will of God. He has come to enact the gospel, a message, and so his concern at this moment is the successful fulfillment of the Father's will, the successful enactment of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so he is, he is praying for the fulfillment of the Father's will. He is praying for the success, the priority of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And how many knows that Jesus' first concern the fulfillment of God's will, how many knows that ought to be our greatest concern as well, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so there's three things that we should pray for in relation to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number one, we should pray for the glory of the cross. How many knows the cross is central to the message of the gospel, amen? A gospel that is that is devoid of the cross, how many knows is no gospel at all. And so we need to pray for the centrality of the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus is saying, it's for this reason that I have come, not to avoid the cross, but to give my life as a ransom, to give my life as a sacrifice for the sins of many. And it's that gospel that we preach and that we proclaim, amen, it's, it's disturbing to me, should be disturbing to you, the, the number of churches that are 
straying from the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. And we need to pray, Lord, we don't want to ever stray from the message of the cross. Amen. We want to keep the cross of Jesus Christ central to the gospel that we preach. Number two, uh, the second thing that we should pray about concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ is the greatness of Jesus Christ. The greatness of Jesus, that he is preeminent, that he would be glorified. How many knows that he is the one that we lift up? And because God's word says when he is lifted up, then he will draw all men to himself. Amen. So it's our purpose as a church to preach the cross of Jesus Christ, to lift up Jesus Christ, because when he is lifted up, he will draw men unto himself. And then number three, the third thing concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ is the gift of eternal life. Jesus says um, that God has sent him so that he might offer the free gift of eternal life to all of those who believe. And those, those are the foundations of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the centrality, the glory of the cross, the greatness, the preeminence of Jesus Christ, and the free gift of God that is eternal life to those that will believe on Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that God has made it so simple for us that when we proclaim a simple gospel that the power of the gospel still is effective for people who will put their faith in Jesus Christ, amen? So the first thing that Jesus is praying about is the priority of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when we pray for our church, we should pray, God, we want to be a full gospel church, amen? We want to preach the gospel to a world that desperately needs to know that Jesus Christ has come to give them the gift of eternal life. But the second thing that Jesus is praying for in this passage is the perseverance of the disciples. In his last discourse with his disciples, he is interceding for his, for his friends. And as Jesus interceded for his friends, he prayed for five things for his disciples. Okay, number one, he prayed that they would know the truth that they would know that Jesus says, I have, I have given them your words. He had been faithful to teach them uh, God's word. And so he is praying for the disciples that they would know the truth. Jesus had told his disciples, if you know the truth, the truth will do what? Will set you free. Amen. So he prayed that they would know the truth uh, too. He prayed that they would be sanctified, that they would be sanctified by the truth, right, that they would be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ, made holy because of the truth that he had proclaimed uh, to them. God's word says this is God's will for each and every one of us. God's will is that we would be sanctified, amen? And so when we're praying for ourselves, we pray that we would know the truth, that we would be sanctified by, uh, by the truth, number three, Jesus prayed that their joy would be uh, full, that their, their joy would be full, that they would have joy in, in Jesus Christ. And number four, that they would be delivered 
from the evil one. Now, he did not pray that they would be um, delivered from suffering. He did not pray that they would be delivered from evil. They would, that they would uh, encounter evil. They would go through suffering. But he prayed that they would be delivered from the evil one. Aren't you thankful that we have a great high priest, Jesus Christ, who is praying for us, that we are delivered from uh, the evil one? And then uh, finally, number five, he prayed that they would continue the work. He said, just as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Jesus did not pray to remove them from the world. He left them, he left us in the world so that we might be his witnesses in the world. So Jesus here in this final prayer is not only praying for the priority of the gospel, but he is praying for the perseverance of his disciples because he is about to depart from them. He's about to, to leave them. And so he is praying for their perseverance. He is praying for their protection. And he is praying all of those things that are necessary for them to continue to persevere in the world. Those are the things that thankfully he's praying for us. As our great high priest, he continually makes intercession for us. Praise God. And then number three, finally, the third thing that Jesus is praying for in this prayer, this final prayer, is he's praying for the progress of the kingdom of God. He says, I'm praying not only for these, these disciples, but I'm praying for all of those that will believe on the word that they preach. He's praying for the, the future of the church. Jesus anticipated the growth of the kingdom of God. He anticipated uh, the church uh, that would come after him. And so he is praying also for, for us. And Jesus, in his, in his prayer for his disciples and for the future of the kingdom, demonstrated how we should also pray for the church. And that's what we're going to do here in just one moment when we come forward. He demonstrated that we should pray that, number one, the church would, uh, that the church would grow globally. He said, I'm praying for them that uh, those that come after they, as, that believe on their word as they take the, wor the word into the world. And so Jesus anticipated that they were going to take the gospel into all parts of the globe. And so when we pray for the church, we should pray that the church would grow globally, that the gospel would spread around the world. Number two, that we should pray that the church would obtain unity. So I pray that they might be one, that they would be united together. So we're going to pray for the unity of the body of Christ. Number three, that we should pray that the church would be perfected in charity or in, in love that we would be perfected in love, the love of God and love for one another. And that then finally, number four, we should pray for the church that they would achieve, that we would achieve glory. That is, that we would obtain that final goal. Jesus said, I'm praying for them that they will 
that they will have the same glory that I have, that they will be with me where I am. Aren't you looking forward to the day that Jesus Christ comes again and that we will obtain the glory that he has prepared for us? And so there's coming a day that he's returning for us, but until that day comes, we have, we have a task that is before us. Jesus has left us here in the world so that we can serve him and so that the kingdom of God can continue to grow. And so I've ended with a, in your notes anyway with a quote from Charles Spurgeon who says, a prayerful church is a powerful church. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.